3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Start now.
0: Hello, mate. How you doing? It's back to Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Um, wow, that was actually a pretty good British accent, don't you think? Mm. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about all of that. Oh, my God. Welcome back to another beautiful show. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. I am Ryan. However, Shira is still out celebrating her birthday, um, which was yesterday. So I'm hoping she had a very beautiful day. Um, I know it was a sweaty one because, honey, she was, like, hiking and doing things that no one really wants to do on their birthday. No. No, not at all. Um, and joining me, of course, the voice you are hearing, uh, entertainment journalist Char Gacelle. Welcome back.
5: It's good to be back. Day two. Yes. Char Jacelle Navarro. I have to recrown myself. <laughs> it's a Friday. Let's take a little time to enjoy the view. So
0: tell me, after, you know, being back on the kind of the bike of it all, uh-huh. How did you feel? You were like, I was exhausted. No, I was. <laughs>
5: I was. I'm. I. Ooh, when I got home yesterday, I just kind of, you know how you just come home and sometimes just sit on your couch and just, you don't even touch the remote. Yeah. You just kind of sit there. Yeah. It was, and you know what it was? It wasn't so much the show mm-hmm. versus the traffic getting home.
0: Oh, my God. At Los Angeles, traffic has gotten so bad since, it's like, I wish we were back in quarantine. Yeah, 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 yeah. He <laughs> gets one of those It things. was like one of
5: those things where, you know, where you feel like sluggish because of the heat. Yeah. But you get distracted because there's so many fine men outside. Yeah. <laughs> Are you looking in cars? You know, it was it was one of those situations. So, yeah, oh I was God. I was tired. But you know what? TGIF, it's a good Friday. I can't believe that we have, what, three weeks left in May already?
0: I know. <laughs> I know. It is insane to me. Yeah. And I just realized, oh, my God, May 4th passed. And I guess the Met Gala wasn't. Did It's not happening. No. It's not happening today. And Ma-
5: May 4th was Tuesday. May 3rd was Monday. So, yeah. you know, the first Monday in May.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's not happening. So, I don't know why I just randomly thought about that. But... But it happens, you know. If you're a listener of the show, you know I have a little random moment. But we got a lot of good show happening today. Um, Let's get started. Let me tell some (laughs) little music. Yes. So, we are talking about a lot of different things today. You know, we want to know, is it rude to start asking people if they're vaccinated? What's the new etiquette behind that? That's happening on the show. Of course, um, you know, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. She doesn't bottom, by the way. Um, She made a major unexpected announcement. So we're going to be diving into that this first hour. So stick around for that. But right now, let's get into what's trending this hour. Are you ready? I am. Let's do it. President Biden is asked why he wears a mask so often, despite being vaccinated and being around others who are vaccinated. I mean, what a stupid question. But here's what he had to say.
6: You walked out to the podium with your mask on. Why do you choose to wear a mask so often when you're vaccinated and you're around other people who are vaccinated? Because I'm worried about you. No, it's a joke. It's a joke. Why? Why am I wearing the mask? Because when we're inside, it's still good policy to wear the mask. That's why. When I'm outside. And the problem is, lots of times I walk away from this podium, you notice, I forget to put my mask back on because I'm used to not wearing it outside.
0: You know, I've noticed when it comes to like Jen Psaki and like President Biden and when they're talking to the press, especially like, you know, conservative press, mm-hmm. they come out asking the dumbest questions to try to ruffle some feathers.
5: Yeah, and try to spin things, make sure yeah. they can get a good sound bite for Tucker Carlson or whoever, <laughs> you know, the Murdoch <laughs> brothers down at the Fox News.
0: It's so annoying, but I'm happy we have a president who is ready for some shade.
5: Yeah, and I mean, in fairness... He is going by CDC guidelines. They said we can wear, we can be maskless yes. outside. And yeah. on top of that, this is a man of a particular age, okay? He sure is. If I was in the sunset of my life, I'd have a mask on 24-7 as well. <laughs>
2: not the sunset. You know?
5: <laughs> I mean, Joe is of a particular age. I mean, and even <laughs> we, I'm, I'm 33, you're yeah. in your 20s. Yes, we yes, wear yes. our masks. Yeah,
0: like not joking at all. But moving on, um, we have some news coming out of the George Floyd situation. A federal judge jury has indicted four former Minneapolis police officers in connection with the death of George Floyd, alleging the officers violated Floyd's constitutional rights, according to court documents filed in federal court in Minnesota. The indictment says Derek Chauvin, who was convicted last month on state murder charges and the black... um, Oh my God, I don't like that this person said the black man's death. Anyway, deprive Floyd of the right to be free from unreasonable seizure, which uh, includes the right to be free from the use of unreasonable force by police officers. All will face a charge for failing to give Floyd medical aid and so that's going to be developing and we're going to be um talking about it all the time as we get the news we're going to be giving you all the news so let's uh dive out of the what's trending this hour and get into the tea report
5: so you know Chrissy Teigen who is one of my favorite people online on Twitter I really do enjoy her content she has great cookbooks I don't she know, why, I don't know right. why either but you know what in in this case I feel like she missed the mark a little bit so Chrissy Teigen unless you all were living under a rock she you know jumped into something that I got nothing to to do with her we know that ben affleck we talked about earlier this week ben affleck uh uh hopped into an actresses mm-hmm. and uh, an up-and-coming actresses dms on instagram to yeah. prove he sent a video to prove that it was him because they matched on the dating app raya the girl didn't believe it she unmatched so he did that matthew perry just recently made news because i guess he was talking to a 19 year old girl but now My personal uh, beef with this is the 19 year old girl then ran to the Internet talking about, you know, on some protect women stuff, which is valid. But she's a TikToker who secretly recorded their FaceTime call. And when asked, well, why did you participate with this, uh, participate in this if you're all about protecting yourself and you don't want to be taken advantage of of an older man? Her response was, she thought it would be funny. So I, I, everybody's looking for clout. Everybody's chasing that clout. But anyway, Chrissy Teigen um, went on to rail against both the women who outed these men uh-huh. and the men for pursuing Ooh, them. What did she say? She tweeted and said, I agree. Celebs shouldn't be making these creepy, desperate videos uh, with, with the replies on Raya. I didn't think the video that Ben sent was creepy. I I know a lot of people are on the fence about this. And I also don't think it's desperate. Everyone's looking for a little loving. That's
0: what I'm saying. Coming out of the pandemic, my thing is... I don't like that Chrissy feels like celebrities should have different standards than regular folks. Yeah. At the end of the day, we all, you know, use the bathroom the same. We all pay our bills the same. Yes, Mm -hmm. just because you got a little bit more money than me does not mean you are any different than me. So if they got to prove themselves, then damn right they need to prove themselves. If you see something, say
5: something. He saw something that he liked and he went after it and that's not me excusing the huge age gap. I'm just saying that Chrissy, sometimes it's best to just stay on your timeline. And mind your business. Yeah, but she also went on and said it's tacky to release private messages. Yeah, both wrong. Congrats.
0: Now that is true. Now I do not like those folks. We shouldn't even know about the Ben Affleck or the, the Matthew Perry situation. Like we shouldn't know at all.
5: The Ben Affleck girl is saying how she's receiving a lot of online bullying. Sis, what were you expecting <laughs> um, about doing that? And Chrissy Teigen also made a joke uh kind of playing around like do you play with your hair that much in real life
0: interesting you know so it's
5: it's it's yeah it's Chrissy Teigen and other people's business yet again but I love her and she makes one hell of a chicken wing (laughs) according to the cookbook
0: all right well we got more what's trending anti-report coming up next hour so stick around but right now let's get into some politics Mayor Keisha Bottoms made an unexpected announcement today that is leaving the city of Atlanta wondering what's next the Washington Post joins us coming up
4: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan Channel Q.
0: Now, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, who was also an early Biden supporter and was almost his potential running mate, said today she would not seek reelection this year because she has no longer had the fight in her heart to continue in the job for another four years. Here's uh, a clip of that.
5: I can be mayor again.
2: But there is a reason that there are elections every four years and in the same way the people have the opportunity to make a decision every four years, candidates also have the opportunity uh, to make a decision. And the decision that I have made after thoughtful prayer and consideration is not to seek another term as mayor of
3: this city.
0: Now, joining us to talk more about this unexpected announcement is Vanessa Williams, reporter on the National Desk at The Washington Post. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Oh, Thanks for the invite.
0: No, of course. Um, also, by the way, Sharjah Saleh is here joining as well, filling in for Shira Lazar. Um, but I need to know, because this felt so left field. Were there any hints or clues that uh, Mayor Bottoms would not seek re-election? How surprising was this news for the city of Atlanta?
3: It was It was a surprise. Uh, The people I talked to said they were genuinely, you know, caught off guard. Uh, Now, there are some, you know, there are always some people who said, oh, I knew all along. But there were some people who did think it was odd that she hadn't announced. Uh, She hadn't been doing uh, the kinds of things that people usually do when they're going to run. On the other hand, she was an incumbent. So, you know she didn't need to uh like a challenge or get started early and 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 you know try to build name recognition and raise money although she did have a recent fundraiser and she noted that at the press conference uh co-hosted by the president uh where she raised over half a million dollars so people so i think after that people were kind of surprised that that it came down but other people who you know, pay close attention, said it was clear also to them that she wasn't necessarily, and even if she would run, it wouldn't have been, like, enthusiastically.
5: Yeah, I mean, totally understandable, especially given the year that she had last year. I mean, that we all had, Absolutely, but Keisha, yeah. Keisha had a lot of national spotlight on her last year um, with some tough she decisions did. to make. But what were some of the challenges that she spoke of that went into this decision?
3: Well, uh, she she she. She mainly talked about those uh, challenges as, uh, look, look at what I faced and look at what I you know overcame or look what I tackled, which look at what I addressed. Uh, very interest, interestingly, she talked about in the very early days of her administration having to deal with a, a huge cyber attack, uh, an ongoing investigation of her predecessors, some people in her predecessor's administration that she said uh, also um made um made like cast a paw over her uh her administration and the work that they were trying to do and then along comes uh there was the pandemic um that was particularly uh dis- dis- disproportionately affected uh black communities in Atlanta mm-hmm. it's one of those uh majority black or close to if not majority at least half black cities and so you had like the uh, the, the virus spiking, uh, and she was trying to uh, keep the city um, you know uh, quarantined and under wraps and, and try to keep the the incidents down. She got into a big fight with the governor, wow. who was pushing to open reopen the city, reopen business, so we could get back to work. And uh, and so she had a big public fight with him. Then along comes the summer, and there the uh, the, the protests after George Floyd's uh, killing. She she got she gained a lot of attention for a very passionate and impassioned speech where she talked about, you know, as a black mother, she understands everybody's frustrations. But she criticized the people who were in the streets, particularly the ones who were vandalizing and say, this is not protest. This is chaos. Go home. And people thought, you know, how brave and how how, uh, you know, authentic of her to speak that way. And then a couple of weeks later, um, you know, unfortunately, her own police department came under scrutiny. Because officers um, shot and killed a, a black man who was unarmed, but he had, and he had fallen asleep in the in the drive-through lane at, at Wendy's. So you know, yeah, there boom, was a lot. There was so much. A lot. Right?
0: Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. it's so interesting to hear her so uh, publicly speak about that stress that it had on her. Um, have mm-hmm. we heard any yes. other public officials speak to that this level of exhaustion?
3: uh I, I, none right that come to mind i do right. remember in, in last su- summer a lot of officials were talking about and let me also add that covid struck her family uh she, i think she was she infected her husband yeah her husband had a, 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 i think it affected him more he may be one of those covid long haulers so she has had a tough year uh and the other thing i would say is that she also was an enthusiastic uh, campaigner for uh, for President Biden, uh, and and she was on the short list of, uh, of of women he was considering for his running mate. Uh, and while that brought her some national applause back home, people were complaining and grumbling, you know, oh, you know, she's out running around the country, and, and, and we're, you know, we're struggling here in the city. Right. And more recently, uh, Atlanta has been wrecked, as has some other major cities With uh, a rise in violent crime. So Mm. people are up in arms about that now, too. So it has it it has been a
5: a tough haul there. So do we want to know? Excuse me. Do we know what she wants to do next? Because I've seen some things floating around online and I'm like, now, where did this come from? I know I missed some news, but I've been seeing talks of Walgreens. Like, (laughs) do we know what 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 Mayor Bottoms (laughs) wants to do next? we don't not for sure she hasn't
3: she she didn't say it in the press conference and there are reports floating around about she's going to get a, a job in corporate america uh she did not rule out another run for office but nobody expects her to to do that immediate like nobody expects her to be on the ballot next year for uh you know for the for the gubernatorial race right. so it's not clear what she's going to do but um but uh you know, other people have also noted that, you know, she sort of keeps her op- options open by uh, stepping out of the way now. And, and maybe she avoids, a, you know, a bruising uh, election later this year and she can collect herself and decide what she wants to do.
0: But yeah, we don't I, know for sure. I mean, the sky's the limit for her, to be quite honest. She's done so much and, and, and been able to accomplish so much. But thank you so much to Vanessa Williams for joining us. You were absolutely yes. wonderful.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. And
0: that, again, was Vanessa Williams. She was uh, She's a reporter on the National Desk at The Washington Post. Now, coming up next, more doctors are speaking out, and they want a bigger role in the vaccination campaign. Could they be the key to the end of the vaccina- uh, vaccine hesitancy? Well, we're going to figure it out. We'll be back.
4: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
0: Okay, so surveys show people who are taking a wait-and-see approach to the vaccine can be convinced by their doctor that it's safe and effective. So are doctors the key to the end of vaccine hesitancy? Well, we're joined by my favorite and our favorite, let's go there, Dr. Dr. Michael Sag. Welcome back to the show.
6: Thanks, Ryan. Good to be back with
0: you. Oh, I miss you. You're, you know, you're very dear to my heart. You're just great. But let's dive into this conversation because I thought this was really interesting. You know, doctors are really speaking up about wanting to play a bigger role in the vaccination campaign. Do you feel like, as a doctor, that primary doctors are the cure, kind of to the prime uh, to the vaccine hesitancy that we're facing?
6: Well, I think we have a lot more influence on people than perhaps. Uh, we realize. I've noticed just in my own practice uh, most of the people who I take care of, most of them are HIV infected, are pretty willing and actually were craving the vaccine but there is about 20-30% of folks who are hesitant they're not saying no but they just aren't sure and I find that almost every time, Ryan, that I sit down and spend five minutes just first off asking what the concern is and then addressing those concerns in a calm, rational way and give information that's factual and um, that, that's clear uh, almost every time they say, yeah, yeah, let's get the vaccine. And they actually sometimes want to get it done right at that moment. Um, so yeah, it's very, I think doctors are trusted that they have a good relationship, longstanding relationship with their patients. And I think it does make a difference.
0: Interesting.
5: So hi, this is Char Sell filling in for Shira Lazar. Um, Are we at a point where there are more shots available than people coming to get them? And if so, why do you think that is?
6: Well, yes, we are at that point. And uh, a lot of our centers have opened up to no appointment. Um, Just walk up and get your shot. And I think it's uh, twofold. The first is a good news thing that the supply has increased. Originally, we were having lines and people clamoring and getting on the Internet, finding someplace 150 miles away to get a vaccine uh, because there just wasn't enough supply. Mm-hmm. We now have transitioned to uh, plenty of supply, and the demand is starting to wane, which is the second point. Uh, most of the people who are really clamoring have now been vaccinated. Others are in line or ready to go. And so we're really dealing at this point with communicating to what I would just call people who are a little bit cautious, hesitant, Uh, want a little bit more information, a little more data, see a little bit more experience with it before they sign up. Uh, That's who we're dealing with right now.
0: Mm. Well, you know, in this conversation, I can't help but think about people who are like in rural areas. And it's like, how do we make sure they they have access to the vaccine? Because some people can't just drive to these mass vaccination sites. It can be very difficult. And so there still feels like there's an an accessibility issue there.
6: Great question. And I'm living in a rural state. I'm from Alabama,
0: mm-hmm.
6: um, and we have pretty remarkable programs going on in, in rural settings um, using uh, federally qualified health centers is one thing, local pharmacies, Walmarts, and that type of thing as places where people can go, and even to the point of having mobile vans and engaging um, uh, volunteer workers to go almost door to door. Those types of things do improve the access. It takes effort, takes focus. Um, the federal government, I think, has termed some of this the vaccine core, think like Peace Corps. Um, so I think we're paying attention to it. It is a heavy lift, but I think we're going to get there.
5: So, you know, there's been lots and lots and lots of conversations surrounding black and people of color, Um, who have hesitancy, even their members, you know, on the far right, you know, the GOP who have hesitancy around the um, vaccine. I did see that Donald Trump went on Fox News and had no issue saying (laughs) that he got the vaccine. And if I'm not mistaken, he encouraged his followers to get it. But I don't know what that's going to look like. Do you think that primary doctors, primary care physicians could help calm down the anxiety? I'm guessing that they might be able to since there's such a personal relationship that that we have. But as far as like the concentrated communities of black people and people of color and even, you know, some some far right wingers who are hesitant around it. Do you think um, that the primary care physicians would really have some influence on calming and subsiding some of the anxiety and hesitancy?
6: No, no question about it, and that it will be, and it will and does make a difference. The other thing are pastors, of uh, other people who are sort of trusted, sometimes just within the family, uh, once people see other family members getting vaccinated and seeing that liberation, for lack of a better word, freedom, uh, that they can start to reengage with normal activities that were going on pre-COVID without the fear of being infected. Uh, being able to relax and go to a restaurant, uh, that is that is a very powerful motivator. And I think that's going to help us some. But th- you know, the, the group that I see, out of all, that seems to be the most resistant are those who are entrenched in politics. Mm. Um, and I'm talking mostly far right. Uh, those that w- I just got off a call a little bit ago where they were talking about one group um, – that was embracing, for lack of a better word, the anti-vax um, mm-hmm. narrative. And those those folks, when it was pointed out to them, you know that that came originally from a very um, liberal background, the, the concept of anti-vax. Um, and, and you've embraced that. They kind of stood back. And it's like a shock to them uh, that, that this was something that did not come from the conservative right movement. Uh, originally, I think things like what former president trump is doing going on fox news being open about it encouraging will go a long way yeah to helping some people who yeah. are entrenched in their politics to get vaccinated
0: well dr sag you're always amazing and you always keep us informed so thank you so much um that is dr michael sag he's a professor of medicine and director of uab center for aids research thank you for coming on the show always
6: thanks for having me back look forward to the next time
0: oh you know probably tomorrow well not tomorrow because i'm (laughs) off and i don't want to talk to anybody on a saturday bye (laughs) now coming up the cdc is just full of good news their latest the u.s birth rate is at its lowest point why you might ask well keep listening because we're diving in
4: let's go there with shira and ryan channel q
0: Wow. So I was not prepared for this news coming out of the CDC, but it's not really that shocking, but it kind of is. The CDC reports that the U.S. birth rate sank four percent in 2020, the largest single year drop in nearly 50 years, dipping for moms of every major race, ethnicity and in nearly every age group, falling to the lowest point since federal health officials started tracking it more than a century ago. I mean, whoa.
5: I think that specifically, speaking to 2020, it felt so much like the end of the world. There was a lot of insecurity. You don't know where your next check's coming from. You don't know when we're going to bounce back. No one wanted to bring new life into this. This crap. Trump was still president. Like, I know I wouldn't want to bring new life into this to experience all of the headlines and stuff that we were dealing with. And then on top of that, you know, I think our generation is just a bit different as far as like...
0: Because we're poor and we don't have any well, resources. Well, not only are we poor, <laughs> like
5: a lot of us can only afford to feed one mouth and wipe one butt, is, excuse me for being crass, but no, a lot of yeah. us can
0: only afford You're to on do a that. You're on show with me. You're not, that's not crass. But I on, am crass. But on top
5: of that, people are owning their selfishness. Yeah. Babies are a huge responsibility. Babies are the
0: worst. Let me be quite honest about how I feel about babies. Oh, Sometimes, I love babies. No, I, I imagine. But mys- I like to give them back. Here's the thing. I have. I imagine myself having two kids. I imagine myself having a girl first, a boy second.
5: I can't imagine you being a parent but go ahead (laughs) i can't
0: i already have the name set up and everything but the way that i see you know finances and the money the amount of money that it takes and the idea of even thinking i'm going to purchase a house in this lifetime Especially in Los Angeles. Oh, no nah, honey, I might as well just leave my money and leave me be single yeah, and you, just,
5: you know, you try to think about all that comes with children. When I think about my childhood, I think it's about gross. all of the extracurricular activities that I was in. And I have sisters that are twins. Yeah. So when one's on cheerleading, one's on pomps, like there's so much money. And, and aside from even just financial stuff, you really have to make sure that you got your mental together because you could be affecting yeah. and in, inflicting generational trauma on the new life that you bring in this world. Oh my God.
0: Now, you know what? That is so true. I am actually, I brought this up in therapy about, you know, making sure like, okay, well, if I do have kids one day, I don't want to bring anything that maybe I, I was triggered by as a, a young kid or anything that I don't know if I necessarily want to take away from my mom who raised me. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I'm not turning into her. And sometimes I feel like I oh, we do. even.
5: Baby, we are our parents. I know.
0: And it's so, <laughs> it's just like, I don't want to continue that cycle. But experts say that the big dip, of course, is partly due to the COVID-19 vaccine um but the real pandemic I'm um, not the vaccine but the pandemic um, uh, I was about to say now hold on we just had a conversation about the the goodness of the vaccine go ahead go ahead uh, the real pandemic impact won't be known until next year since women who got pregnant after March 2020 may not have given birth uh the same calendar year now I feel like people were having the sex with their partners locked up in their home. So there's going to be a lot of people who are pregnant.
5: There were a lot of babies made, I feel like. But like I said, I feel like the pendulum swung either way. Because our our generation is just different with owning our stuff and being like, no, I don't need a baby to determine my worth in this lifetime.
0: Real quick, before we get out of here, how much do you think climate change has to do with this? Like, people afraid of, like, having kids and then the climate, like, you know... I mean, yeah, I mean... They won't ever get to see a polar bear. Well... I mean, it's real, right? It's I, very real. It's a really understandable California's thing. California's
5: on fire. All the time. Earthquakes. Oh, my God. Tornadoes. It snowed when I was in Chicago, and that was in April. That it never happened in my entire lifetime, <gasps> and I'm from Chicago. Snowed for one day, then went back to like 60 degrees. Oh, wow. All
0: right. Well, I mean, let us know what your thoughts are. We love to keep the conversation going. It's one of the most important things you can do to be a part of the show. Hit us up at Show everywhere, honey, because um, we got more show coming up. And the really interesting thing that we're going to be touching on later in the show is about the big job disappointment that's happening, right? A million jobs are still missing. We're diving in. We've got so much more coming up in the next hour. Don't go anywhere.
4: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
0: Welcome back. It is a beautiful day. And more Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Shira is, however, out. And you are being blessed with the presence the one and only charge I sell
5: thank you thank you <laughs> thank you
0: what a day goodness what a day what a show first hour down hope y'all are enjoying it let us know what you're thinking at lgt show everywhere keep the conversation going but coming up in the show one year into the pandemic millions of jobs are still missing um and then of course some people said they are starting to bathe less during their pandemic no ma'am so um we got a lot to touch on this hour. I hope you are very, very much ready. But before we get into what's trending this hour, I want to tell you a little bit about what Channel Q is doing for you. I mean, it's Christmas come early. Las Vegas is open up for business, and Channel Q is giving you the chance to get down to business. Pull side with Tiesto. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com for your chance to win a trip to Las Vegas, including round-trip airfare for two and an epic two-night stay at the all-new resort's World Las Vegas. Plus, we're throwing in two VIPs passes to get you some Vegas Sun get you some Vegas men and art wherever you like you know <laughs> um, and catch TSO set at the resorts world Las Vegas that is we are channel get into it um but speaking of the, of course, the millions of jobs that are missing, is actually really interesting. Everyone's talking about, you know, there's jobs that were added in April, a certain amount. We're actually going to be touching on that a little bit uh, later in the show coming up. Um, but here's Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen of her talking about the disappointing jobs, the April jobs report that fell a little short. Um, so here's that.
3: Indeed, we've made remarkable progress. After all, one year ago, we learned We've lost over 20 million jobs in one single month. I believe we will reach full employment next year. But today's numbers also show that we're not yet finished.
0: Yeah, so we're going to be touching on that literally coming up next. Um so don't go anywhere because there is a ton of stuff. I mean, this we're a year into this pandemic and still so many jobs are missing. It's nowhere near where we thought we were going yeah. to be. Um so we're going to dive into that because we really need to figure out what happens next. But right now, let's dive into the T report. Come on, Shar, tell me a little something good. Oh, I'm so
5: tired of saying this woman's name, but Caitlyn Jenner is still in the news, y'all. I, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry if anyone's ears are bleeding. But, you know, it's Caitlyn's fine son, Brody, that is wrapped up in some mess right now because Brody is out promoting the Hills New Beginnings, as we know. You know, that's the Hills reboot. Yes,
0: I love it. I, I am a fan.
5: And Brody is avoiding all, according to a source... The 37-year-old reality star is avoiding all situations where he might be asked about Caitlyn's run for Republican candidate to replace California Governor Gavin Newsom.
0: Which, why would he think he could avoid that? Because, dude... That's you literally can't. your
5: parents. Yeah, and you can't not while you're out on this press front. It yeah. just happened at an inconvenient time. Yeah, like the Kardashians can avoid it because they have nothing going on right now.
0: And it's so funny because that reminds me. You know, this their last season. Chris and uh, Caitlyn actually spoke over the phone, and, and basically Caitlyn was like, "Well, what should I do next with my career?" Yeah. and
5: do that, you follow Nori's Black Book on <laughs> in, on Instagram? I love
0: that account. I love that. Yeah,
5: account, they, they did a joke it. about that. They basically said, uh, "Caitlyn, what should I do to revive my career?" Chris start a YouTube and then it said Caitlyn and then it showed Caitlyn's <laughs> run for governor. It was quite funny but you know none of the Kardashian Jenners and yeah. this is even with uh, Brody being estranged from the Kardashians because you know they don't really fool with one another. Right, right. No one's supporting Caitlyn and according to this same source Brody called Caitlyn sit down on Hannity's show quote embarrassing. It
0: was embarrassing. It's
5: very embarrassing. Did, I mean
0: I, there's so many things and we talked about it actually here on the show so if you missed that conversation uh, head over to weirdchannelQ.com and you can check it out because it's on our podcast on the Odyssey app. Yes, honey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, the Odyssey app you can find. Let's go there.
5: Not to be confused with audacity, which is what my eyes read (laughs) when I got the email.
0: (laughs) I literally have said it here. Thank you so much, Shar, for that T-Report. No worries. um, Because it was really, really good. But coming up, you know, yes, being vaccinated may give us a little hope. But one year into this pandemic and millions of jobs are still missing. So what happens moving
4: forward? Well, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. All
0: right, now with Vex. With vaccination rates (laughs) slowing, even as local economies fully reopen, the job market is reorienting itself into a new normal that assumes the virus might linger for the foreseeable future. So one year into the pandemic and millions of jobs are still missing. Joining us now is Jeff Stroll. He is a director of research at the Georgetown University Center on Education and the Workforce. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening. Um, Well, good afternoon for you. (laughs) Yeah, true. It's very much afternoon. (laughs) But let's dive into this, right? Because the U.S. economy added just uh, 266,000 jobs in April, which to me, you know, who's just a regular person, sounds like, oh, that's a good thing. However, economists are worried. Why is that?
1: Well, I mean, economists were sitting around thinking that they were going to have gangbusters when it came to the job numbers this month. And so, while two hundred sixty-six thousand is higher than the peak during the Clinton years when we had a boom economy, it was lower than expected. So the markets and the economists were caught off guard. So they're seeing it as bad, but I do I agree with you; it's a
5: actually fairly good number. So for people, hi, this is Shar Josell, by the way, filling in for Sheer Lazar. For people who were furloughed, myself included, <laughs> what do you think? I want to know your personal opinion on what do you think some of uh, their main concerns are right now? Because some people didn't get a call back to come back to work. Some, some, a lot of people's furloughed, you know—that th- transitioned into a firing, so to speak. Not to sound yeah. harsh, but it's been a lot of job it's what loss. It's real. Yeah. So, what do you yeah. think uh, their concerns are? Their main concerns are right now those who were furloughed but still kind of hanging on with, to hope.
1: Uh, well, I think i mean uh I mean, we have the standards fair of try- uh, of not just trying to hold on to hope but trying to pay their bills, feed their families worrying about the okay. rents and the mortgages, so I can imagine that thing uh uh um that kind of pit of despair, shall we say, but the looking at from the job market perspective, hoping for a callback, I think is going to uh, be harder, a a, a harder and harder hope, because we've had a massive amount of bankruptcies occur during this period of time with the year of pandemic. So even if there is a growing demand for whatever job it is, the person who was furloughed and like you rightly said, fired, uh, does come back. Their old employer is no longer there. The storefront they used to uh, work from isn't there. And so added on to the uncertainty is whether or not someone who knows them will bother to mm-hmm. give them a call and they might actually have to go back to the UI office and try to uh, you know, find a new employer who recognizes that their skills and experiences are valuable in the, in the evolving labor market.
5: Now, see, I, I'm glad that you brought up the UI office because that was going to be my follow-up question because I do know that the unemployment, EDD, is a mess right now, no matter where you live. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know how that factors in when people, like you mentioned, are on standby and can't yeah. feed their families, pay their bills, there's no rent freeze. And on top of that, you can't get in contact with anyone at the EDD office you're on hold all day they hang up on you yeah. and i'm i'm talking yeah. from personal experience here okay <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah it's 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 yeah these are wild times that we live in
0: yeah and you know it's it's really interesting um in the NBC news article where we found you um you talked about how this is going to have a disproportionate impact on less educated americans uh, can you uh, elaborate a little bit more about that
1: oh absolutely i mean if we look at the pandemic On who it hit hardest, it was uh, about 55% of the job loss were among people with high school and less, and about 55 57% were women. Uh, And so, and they weren't necessarily the same uh, 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 people uh, there, but. numbers just happen to have been closed. But as we come back into recovery, what we're having is a split is between those people who can work from home, uh, which has become the real luxury item, and those people whose job are really dependent on the reemergence of the service economy where people are comfortable going to the store again or going to the restaurant. So like my wife and I or my son, you know, we're sitting there, hey, let's go out. Eh, not really yet. You know, so you've got that kind of hesitancy, and I don't mean vaccine hesitancy. And see. But even if the coronavirus went completely away, people are still in this new normal where they, they they do delivery, they do pickup, but are they going to go to the restaurant? Are they going to start using the metro? Are they going to start getting on the bus? And those jobs traditionally are held by workers with... Um, uh, less education, right, and so they haven 't been privileged to be able to work from home, mm-hmm. so their jobs mean touching people, so think like a casino in las vegas you know you 're not going to deal cards remotely right and so right. they it 's going to be a bit slower for that group, so that 's one aspect. The other aspect is this idea about bankruptcy. So any of the firms that they used to work for, small manufacturers, uh, you know, made you know, you know home cleaning services, et cetera, they went bankrupt, so now they don't have anybody to go to, and that's going to compound it even more. The more highly educated labor market, it uh, – there's a lot more word of mouth, there's a lot more networking, and you're generally talking about larger firms. So right. when you're with the so, larger firm, they've been able to do shrinkage, but not they haven't gone bankrupt.
5: Right. So we only got about one minute left, Jeff. So in about 30 seconds, can you provide an answer? Do you think that we will be able to fully bounce back from this?
1: we're we're going to be able to fully bounce back from this, but there are going to be people who left behind and we need to revamp our training system and education to help those people move uh, from where they were to where they need to be in a modernized and changed economy.
0: Woo! I mean, you said that perfectly. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Jeff Stroll is a Director of Research at the Georgetown University Center on Education and the Workforce. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Great. Thank you.
0: All right, now coming up, we we are most definitely taking a hard pivot because I got something to talk to y'all about. You know, some people said they started bathing less during the pandemic, and as long as no one complains, guess what? They're gonna they're gonna keep the habit going. They're not gonna they're not gonna hop in the shower. They're not gonna bathe anymore. So I don't know what what we're gonna do, but we're gonna dive in and talk about it coming up next.
4: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan.
0: Channel Q. Okay, so we need to have a very serious conversation. Um, but before we dive into that conversation, I just want to say thank you so much, Shar, for being here filling in for Shira Lazar.
5: Thank you for having me, Ryan. It's been fun. It has been such a Every time a I work with you, time. it's a good time.
0: I know, right? I, yeah. And honestly, I think we're just the pair that just needs to stick around so I'm done. Like know? a PB&J. Like a PB&J. But <laughs> we got more important things to talk about because um, people are showering less. I'm not really understanding what's happening here. So the New York Times released an um, an article. And I op- I don't know if it's an iPad, but it's a whole entire piece. No, it's an article. Um, an article said that says this. See fewer people take fewer showers. Some people said they started bathing less during the pandemic, and as long as no one complains, they say they plan to keep the new habit. What in the what is going on here? This why is do you not feel my like, ministry. No, but let's, okay, so let's take a, a, a dip out of our own, you know, bodies and, and, okay. and kind of minds. What do you think would be the reason why people feel like they don't have to shower on a daily
5: basis? Well, from what that quote you just read, uh, what where is it at? As long, at as, as long as no one complains, these people say that they plan on keeping up this habit. See, the difference between them and myself is I don't bathe for other people. <laughs> I bathe for myself. <laughs> I, legit, I do not bathe for who I might run into in the grocery store or at work. I literally bathe. For me, it is a mental thing. There's no way, like, literally. do you know how much better you'll feel if you're not having such a good day or yes. such a good morning and you, you get in the shower, take yeah. a, a, a steamy hot shower? You yeah. feel so, it feels like you laid your burdens down in the shower.
0: No, here's the thing. I get so self-conscious if I know, like, like sometimes there'll be a moment like I remember maybe recently I forgot I was rushing so much I forgot to brush my teeth and Mm -hmm. I was so conscious of it where I was like oh I gotta stay like 17 feet away from people because I don't want them to see it's just I feel like the stench is coming out Uh like it's just not okay and I just don't understand why people don't feel that same way and it's actually interesting doctors and health experts have said that daily showers are unnecessary and even counterproductive according to this New York Times piece it says washing with soap Soap every day can strip the skin of its natural oils and leave it feeling dry, though doctors still recommend frequent hand washing.
5: In this case, with all due respect to the medical professionals out there, (laughs) I don't care. <laughs> that is what that is what lotion is for. I'm yes, openly like, uh, I love me a Nivea. <laughs> okay? That is what lotion, you can get you some aquaphor, some eucerin. Yes, uh, and replenish those oils. I just, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I don't yeah. care what's laid out. I'm bathing every single day.
0: But what about the people who feel like, oh, okay, taking less showers is good for the, the environment. You know, Mother Nature. She deserves a break. She deserves she does. a moment for not having to fuel our water.
5: Well, in that case, I carry my weight in other places. I have env- <laughs> environmentally friendly straws. Okay, right. I sip from the metal straw. I've cut down my plastic
0: use. I'm too afraid to, uh, to have a metal straw because you know like I believe in freak accidents and I I promise you I feel like there was a story that came out of Brit- uh, Britain yeah, someone, someone yeah. died by like it was a car accident and they pe- impaled yep. into yep. their metal straw. And you could
5: chip a tooth if you're not paying attention. Doing that. But I'm saying I where I fall short in some places I make up for it in other places like everyone does. No yeah. one is environmentally conscious in every Every area of their life, unless they're living in the compound in the woods. But here's the thing. And even then,
0: according to the water research fund, an eight minute shower uses up to 17 gallons of water. I know I'm taking longer. Actually, I take very long. Show- How long do you take a shower?
5: You take really long showers? I take maybe like a
0: 15 to 30, maybe no, 45 No, I'm not. A, I'm not shower. in there
5: that long. Mine is about uh, around eight to 10 minutes. Well, I wash up twice. I run over just in case I got to shave candid? my legs and things like that. Can we be
0: candid? Yeah. I am a gay man. Okay. And, you know, I just got to do certain things in okay. the shower that can take a little bit longer okay. Read between the lines. If you know, you know. No, I, I know. I know. <laughs> well, I want to know. This is a conversation. I feel like this is a hot button issue. If The New York Times is doing investigative journalism to find out who bathes and who doesn't bathe. I want to know in our listenership. Let us know. Are you bathing? Are you taking fewer no showers? Heat, no
5: judgment. I promise I won't judge you to your face or over the air. <laughs> but only God knows what will say when this mic is off.
0: LGT show. Let's keep the conversation going. Honey, we got more um, show coming up because here's the thing. Kristen Bell we're talking about Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard would you be okay if your partner admitted that they were attracted to someone else here is the moment we've all been waiting for this is going to get very juicy because I know me and Char probably have different perspectives I should note that
5: Dax Shepard is my birthday twin okay
0: Okay. we got more show coming up (laughs) don't go anywhere
5: bye
4: let's go there with Shira and Ryan channel Q
0: okay so you know when I think of celebrity couples I, I often think of like my fave one which is Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard there's just something about them like those white people just I just love them they are the best
5: and I thought they had broken up at one point or separated Oh, no, they something?
0: have I think they have really been together on the long haul well, oh but he relapsed yes, at he, one point yes he relapsed yes. Yes, okay. yes yes and you know Kristen Bell she's been doing some press recently and she was talking about um, how their relationship has changed and how they were coming at each other's throats in the middle of the pandemic and it got real ugly there but she's talked about how their commitment to one another isn't always easy but they, you know, they try to keep the romance alive. In fact, it's the result of a lot of hard work to ensure that they don't end up divorced like both of their parents. So she said this. Do you want to be on the porch with someone when you're 80? We both want that. She even joked that getting to that end goal means looking past a lot of the superficial things like attraction to other people. He tells me someone he finds attractive, female or male, because he pauses um, the Olympics on a lot of runners, but it doesn't make me feel like he's going to leave me for that person because I'm not allowing my self-esteem to be affected. So Kristen Bell is okay if her man tells her, oh, I find this person a very, very attractive. Mm-hmm. My question is, could you do the same thing? Are you that confident? You
5: know what? I admire her self-esteem because I have not <laughs> quite yet reached that place. Yeah. Um And... You know, it's just one of those things for me where it's like, I don't think I'd mind. It just, I think it depends on delivery.
0: Okay. okay. And like. Meaning by what? Play it
5: out for Like me. if we're watching TV. Okay. And my man, well, my imaginary man, were to say that he thought someone were attractive. I don't think I'd be, you know, feeling some type of way. Like no. a,
0: you mean a celebrity? Like if he saw someone on the television, like a celebrity being like, oh, she's hot. Or even someone in, even flow from Progressive. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but
5: like if we're out and you say something, I might take issue with that. Only because, like I said, I'll openly admit my self-esteem might not be where Kristen Bells is. And also, I would never tell my man that. That's something that I reserve for for the gals.
0: True, and you know what? I actually feel like I used to feel that way, especially in my last relationship, because there was a lot of infidelity going on, so my confidence in that relationship and in that person was just not Mm -hmm. strong. And so I feel like now the person that I am now I am okay with, you know, my next partner being like, Oh yeah, we find him really cute. Because my thing is, well, let's bring him on. We find him really cute. Or he finds him really cute. Well, okay, let's bring him up. Oh, on. oh, cause you you poly. Well, I'm not poly, but you know, I'll let some you know, you're open to a little and see, open relationship. I don't care.
5: And see, I get dragged because I'm very rigid and conservative <laughs> and traditional <laughs> when it comes to this. I'm a firm believer in monogamy. <laughs> yeah. And I am too. That is I something am too. that's something that I open. want. I am not. Well, there will not be a third in my situation <laughs> ever.
0: Here's the thing. I'm not open to polyamory. I'm open to the idea of a romp of, of us bringing someone in for a little fun, little moment. No. And then that's just I'm just being real about it. And so for me, I'm trying to move past the 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 I'm trying to move past the insecurity of feeling triggered by uh, my partner being like they're attracted to someone else. I'm going to be like, OK, I am, too. Let's bring them in. No. Let's bring them in.
5: Mm hmm. Don't come crying to me if your partner's paying that person too much attention <laughs> while you all are doing the deal. Do. I just I don't know and yeah, we all it. bring our own baggage to situations. You know, I come from a place of the infidelity and all of that yeah. stuff too. Yeah. Um but yeah, as far as I'm concerned and maybe hey, maybe one day I might eat my words that I said on the show today. That's what I'm
0: saying. I feel like But she I may highly change doubt. everything.
5: Ryan, you know me. I know it's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> I literally know it's not going to happen. All right, let us know. Keep the conversation going at LGT show. We are a mess here in the studio. We got more show coming up for you and literally Um. What what is coming up? Actually, no, we do got great stuff coming up because I really want to talk about um, some news coming out of Utah Supreme Court in favor of trans rights. Some good news. Finally. Oh, my God. More show. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Coming up more.
4: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All
0: right. We are back. Keeping the show going, keeping this party going, and of course here with me, just having the best time ever. Sharjah Sale, entertainment journalist. Hello, hello, hello. Filling in for the one and only Shar. I mean, Shira Lazar. <laughs> oh my God, why is there so many S's? So many things. Shira
5: and I are one letter apart with how we spell our names.
0: Literally. No, there's actually times, sometimes where I will be thinking about. Um, I'll just be hanging out with Shar, and I'll literally call Shar Shira. Yeah. And she'll call me out, and I'll be like, "Oops, my bad." I'll
5: be like, "Did you hear what you just said?" <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right, so before we get into the rest of the show, I got to tell you all about what Channel Q is doing for you. Las Vegas is open for business, and, of course, Channel Q is giving you the chance to get down to business. Pull side with Tiesto. Head over to weirdchannelQ.com for your chance to win a trip to Las Vegas, including round trip, airfare for two, and an epic two-night stay at the all-new Resorts World Las Vegas. We're throwing in two VIP passes to also get you some Vegas sun, poolside, and catch TSO set at the Resorts World Las Vegas. I mean, this is a trip that could be like your, your coming out trip, or your coming out, you know, coming out of the pandemic trip. Not like your coming out trip, or it could be that too, you know, celebrate you coming out why and
5: not? it'll be at the at the au day club
0: yeah see i don't know how to say that word so i always just forget that i think it's au i don't see iu au it's one of the two that's why i always say just the hotel <laughs> 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 all right so coming up this hour do you you know is it rude to ask people if they got the covid ni- uh covid 19 vaccine well um there's an etiquette expert that is joining us to talk a little bit about that because i guess they we need to follow the rules according to etiquette experts, whatever. We're also chatting um, with NBC Out because Caitlyn Jenner just did her first sit-down interview with Sean Hannity, proving just how out of touch she really is. But let's dive in to what's trending this hour. Now, a federal grand jury has indicted four former Minneapolis police officers in connection with the death of George Floyd, alleging the officers violated uh, Floyd's constitutional rights, according to court documents filed in federal court in Minnesota. The indictment says uh, Derek Chauvin, who was convicted last month on um, state murder charges in the uh, George Floyd death, deprived Floyd of the right to be free from unreasonable seizure, which includes the right to be free from the use of unreasonable force by a police officer now all of these officers will face a charge for failing to give Floyd medical aid so it's going to be really interesting seeing how this plays out because yes we got a a guilty verdict for Derek Chauvin Mm -hmm. but now it's time to talk about these other officers involved and that's really where I feel like the justice will come in yeah maybe maybe it's it's at the bare minimum you just really never know because they're
5: already trying to um, have Derek Chauvin's uh, verdict thrown out because of one of the jurors I'm sure you saw the shirt and all of that
0: yeah so um, <sighs> moving on though Utah Supreme Court um, took over three years to come to a decision but today announced a ruling in favor of trans right um, with a sharp rebuke the court overturned a district judge's decision to deny two transgender people the right to change their birth certificates to reflect their gender identity the court's ruling included the notation that language matters in several places pointing out that it is important to use proper pronouns descriptions and names shout out to utah yeah i'm actually shocked yeah honestly i'm shocked too but you know I'm, I'm happy they made the right decision because it's very very important yeah absolutely all right now we're done with uh, what's trending this hour i got more for, uh, for you next hour but uh, let's get into the tea report
5: so i'm sure you have heard ryan and everyone listening
0: okay okay the
5: controversial and polarizing tesla founder elon musk mm-hmm. will be randomly hosting SNL this upcoming Saturday. I'm not sure how he
0: snagged that gig. It's so annoying. I I, I don't know. There's nothing likable about that man. It's really There's not. There's nothing likable. And I feel like this is like a, a rebranding thing that he's trying to go through. To be and liked. did
5: we ever find out how to properly pronounce his son's name well no. his child's name. Beep, boop, beep, bop, bop. Yeah it's a it's an algebraic <laughs> equation. Well anyway, some of the cast well there's been whispers <laughs> that the cast is very upset about this, a large majority of them. Yeah. But at least two of them have gone public. So Musk tweeted out earlier uh this week, let's find out just how live Saturday Night Live really is. Which
0: what does that even mean? You know
5: what? You took the words right out of Bowen Yang's mouth. Oh really? He went to Instagram except Bowen used more colorful language. He said, what the F mm does that even mean? <laughs> and then A.D. Bryant uh, posted a retweet from Senator Bernie Sanders calling it a, quote, moral obscenity that 50 wealthiest that the 50, 50 wealthiest people in America today are own more wealth than the bottom half of our people. Now, both Yang and Brian's posts have both since been deleted since then. Of course. And, you know, Michael Che has been making his rounds. He did the Ellen DeGeneres show. Mm -hmm. He did the Breakfast
0: Club. You know, it's hard for me to like that man.
5: Oh, you know me. You know, I wrote an op ed.
0: You sure A spicy
5: one about Michael Che who does Weekend Update. But he was on Wendy Williams show this morning and take a listen to what he had to say.
2: But a lot of your co-workers uh, there at the show have voiced their opinion that they don't want him there. Like, ew, what's he doing here?
6: Yeah, I mean, well, you know what's funny is that, like, I would say I know about 20 to 25% of the uh, white people that get to host the show anyway, so Elon. <laughs> I was like, I know who he is, at least, you know? I don't really know a lot about pop culture, so I, I really don't, I, I don't never know who the host is in the first place, but... uh <laughs> I like that it's kind of polarizing and stuff. To me, it makes it exciting. I mean, everybody wants to watch now, so that's cool.
5: Now, how are you going to say he don't know about pop culture? and He does Weekend Update every weekend. It's so annoying. With the Colin Jost.
0: You are a celebrity. Of course, you're you're being nosy, just like all of us, in, into all yeah. the news. Yeah, and, course and you he are.
5: knows his comedic timing with the jokes and yes. stuff. You know what's going Me on, Michael too. Che. Also, Miley Cyrus will be performing. So, Ryan, I'm, I have to ask you, will you be tuning in to Saturday Night Live tomorrow? No,
0: first of all, I really don't like Saturday Night Live. I like some things if, it, if it's like an Issa Rae guest host. It's like some art. skits peppered in. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm not really into sketch. Comedy, really? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really enjoy it. Sometimes it falls flat for me. Um, but I am very excited. I will be watching Miley's performance. I'm a huge fan of her, and I think she's iconic. So.
5: Well, if you're not a fan of SNL, you can always head on over to HBO and check out a Black Lady Sketch Show. Shout out to Robin Thicke. <gasps> that
0: is a show. And Issa
5: Rae. Speaking season of Issa season two has Rae. been
0: incredible. It um, has. Yes, it's, it's a great. Especially
5: show. last week's episode. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was.
0: Oh my gosh! Char, thank you so much for that T. Report. You're of absolutely course. amazing. Now we got more show for you. Make because honestly, we got to get down to it. Is it rude to ask someone if they have a COVID-19 vaccine, especially when it comes to friends and family? Well, we got an etiquette expert joining us to, I guess, give us the tea.
4: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q.
0: Alrighty, So we are back. And. We have to have a serious conversation. Yes. You know, I had no clue that there needed to be an etiquette, like, when it came to just asking folks, hey, you got your vaccine? Well, apparently, there does, because when you're talking to friends or family, people could get, like, easily offended by it. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't know, but we got an etiquette expert, her name is Elaine Swan, you know, like the bird swan. Mm -hmm. She's also pretty like the swan as well. She's America's leading lifestyle and etiquette expert. Thank you so much for joining the show.
2: Oh, it is my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I only like to butter the guests up because you never know what, (laughs) to be honest, when you're dealing with me. (laughs) You just never know. But um, let's talk about this. Why is it like, uh, you know, a possible offensive question to ask someone if they got the vaccine?
2: Well, when you think about it, getting vaccinations is really a personal health matter. And typically in real life, in, in normal life, We don't talk about that stuff. I mean, perhaps with people that we're very close to, our family members, but random person or a person we're trying to get to know or or just inviting friends over, we're not asking that sort of question. It's kind of like asking somebody, you know, if they got their last, you know, checkup or pap smear or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know. So we want to try to avoid that. But typically, that's, you know, very, very personal information. But now with everything being the way it is, it really has changed. This is a big shift that we're experiencing. And so in my opinion, it is absolutely acceptable to ask a person about the vaccine. But it's all about how you go about it. So that's the key thing there.
5: So yeah, I was just about to ask that because it is kind of like one of those taboo things. Like you know, a lot of us, you know, just speaking candidly, <laughs> we don't hit, we don't hit the pause button. You know, if you're laying down with someone and be like, okay, when did you go? When is the last time you've been tested? Because it can it can create for a it's moment awkward. of awkwardness. Yeah. But I mean, yes. come on now, you. You got to be awkward to protect yourself. But what what would you suggest? Because I know in my personal life, you know, the pendulum could swing either way. You got people on the far right who are like deep in their Fox News hole. And you also have, you know, when it comes to our people, the hoteps and all of that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. who say all you need is a little tea tree oil behind your ears and you'll have the vaccine. So how do you go about tastefully, if you could give me just maybe one or two I guess
0: Yeah, like <laughs>
5: recommendations, come on, tips. how do I tastefully ask, like, do you have the vaccine before you come to my apartment?
2: Right, right, right. So here's the thing. You can do there's there's two different ways you can go about it. One way you can go about it is to kind of be inclusive in a sense, to say, uh to, to oh well revealing. I would say that. To be revealing. So you can reveal something about yourself and say, you know, oh, you know, I, I just got my second vaccine. I'm all vaccinated. How about you? Are you? Have you decided whether or not you're going to get the vaccine? So ask them if they, if they have a choice, you know, if, if they've made a decision yet or not. So give some information. Reveal that about yourself first. Tell them what you did or didn't do, right? Mm-hmm. And then ask them how they feel about it or if they have any plans for it. And then this way you'll get the answer that you're looking for, right? So they're either going to be all for it or all against it or just not sure yet, you know so we we definitely have that three kind of thing so that's one way you can ask and then the other ways where you can just ask a person You know, directly, you know, say, how do you feel about the vaccine or or do you plan on getting it? Ask them so that this way they feel as though they can share their thoughts with you. When you're asking more so of their opinion, that's where you'll get your answer. If you ask somebody their opinion, they're going to give it to you and then you'll know what side
5: of the road they're on. I just thought when you were speaking just now, like a good lead in. Well, for me, I'm going to speak for myself is to be like, (laughs) you know, like, oh, girl, I didn't have my symptoms. Weren't that bad after that second dose? What about you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? That could be
2: okay. But then if the person has no intentions, right, Mm -hmm. um, of, of getting it, then they might feel... Uh, we just well here 's the thing: etiquette is really about putting others at ease, and so we don 't want to make anyone feel as though they 're doing something wrong we don 't mm. want to be accusatory we don 't want to be judgmental. we really want to try to avoid that sort of thing and so uh, <laughs> to just assume that they that they have now the person might be a little bit defensive okay. right? and so we don 't want them to to respond in that manner. We want them to respond with whatever they feel i mean I ask a, a family member how they felt about the vaccine, and they said, I'm not getting that. That's the... that's you know I'm not getting the mark of the beast. Yes, i, mean, I was going to say know, just go gonna ahead. Gonna be honest. I mean literally, not that okay. <laughs> yes.
5: Not right, the mark so. of the beast, child. Yes. I, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's the thing. You know, I feel like the the most things that I have learned from this moment is that I don't have any etiquette because I'm all about judging and I'm all about if someone because for me I feel like we've had so much um, intensity when it came to people just playing in this pandemic, not taking it serious. I'm over. Mm trying to make sure people feel comfortable and it's either if you're well, you're doing it or you don't. Get it together right, because you're playing true. with lives. Well, it's right, also That's
2: because- true, but okay. here's the thing. The reality is there are people who are not taking the vaccine and this is the key. You want this information so you can make a determination as to how you're going to deal with this individual. That's the whole thing. You just want the details. Who cares why they don't want to, how they don't want to, what they feel about it and so forth. Your thing is to find out you going to do it or not. And if the, and the, and if your thing is I'm only hanging with people who are going to get the vaccine, then you know what to do. They can't come over to your house. They can't, you know, whatever it is you got to, whatever it is you're going to do. But that's the thing about it. We want to make sure that we're going into this and able to get in, in order to get the information that we're trying to pull out of them, it, which is, are you in or are you out?
5: And it baffles me that people are seemingly more scared of the vaccine than they are of the actual virus. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> yes, I'll just leave it so there. So true.
0: Oh my God. So America's sure. leading lifestyle and etiquette expert, Elaine Sawan. Thank you so much for being here. This was a great oh, time.
2: It is my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun.
0: Oh, no, for sure. You're going to have to come back on the show and teach me some more manners because I'm wild. Girl. Listen, <laughs> anytime. I am happy to do so. All right. So coming up, we're chatting with NBC Out because Caitlyn Jenner did her first sit-down interview with Sean Hannity, proving just out of touch she really is. And, girl, I'm sorry that I'm subjecting you all to this. Ooh. Just prepare yourselves. Bye.
4: Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
0: All right, we're back and filling in for Shira Lazar, who is out for her birthday as entertainment journalist I sell. So. Hello.
4: Hello, hello, hello.
0: So let's talk Caitlyn Jenner, who is running for California governor. Uh, she had her first sit-down interview on Hannity last night. Um, here is a clip from the interview where basically she's talking about how one of her friends left the state in his private plane because of homeless people. Here's that.
3: California. My friends have been leaving California. Actually, they my hair, The guy across... He was packing up his hangar. I said, where are you going? And he says, I'm moving to uh, Sedona, Arizona. I can't take it here anymore. I can't walk down the streets and see the homeless. I don't want to leave. Okay. Either I stay and fight or I get out of here. California.
0: All right. So joining <sighs> us is associate editor at NBC Out, Joe Yurkeva. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. So let's start from the beginning here. What was your initial reaction to Caitlyn announcing her campaign?
7: Um, I think it was a, a bit of surprise. I think uh, the reaction from LGBTQ advocates was um, surprise and kind of a, a uh, deep sigh, <laughs> like uh, um, just because a lot of LGBTQ people obviously don't think that Caitlyn Jenner represents um, queer and trans people, but trans people in particular.
5: Yeah, Caitlyn, as a woman who's trans myself, uh, Caitlyn is quite terrible, and that's in my personal, humble opinion. (laughs) I have to ask you, though, Joe, who do we think, because this is a question I've been pining over, who is the Caitlyn
7: Jenner voter? That's a great question. Um, I guess there's someone who, you know, is, quote, pro-ice, as she said last night, um, supports the border wall. Um, but also somewhat socially progressive, but they don't want to support trans kids participating in sports. So it's a very it's a very strange uh, uh, mix up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think "strange" is the best word to describe this entire thing. It feels like we're in some alternate reality. It was really interesting, though, watching the uh, Hannity interview. It felt like. Caitlyn is really stepping into uh, the, the the same kind of performance tactics that Donald Trump stepped into during his kind of campaign announcement and during his interviews with Hannity or whoever. It feels like this is something that she's possibly being kind of coached on, right? There's someone from the Trump administration or that was helping him on his campaign. I think there's like,
5: two people. There's two
0: people, right? Who, who are those people actually helping uh, Caitlin right now on her campaign trail?
7: Yeah, she does have um, a couple of people from the Trump administration who are helping her. And I think that you saw that last night in that interview, like you mentioned, where she said, like, I'm going to hire the best people because I she like acknowledged that she isn't a um, career politician and that she's an outsider. And she said, I'm going to hire some of the best people so that we can get California back on track or something like that. Mm -hmm. So she's even echoing some of the same language that Trump used in his campaign. A
0: disruptor is the word
7: that she uses,
0: which is interesting. Um, What are advocates saying about this interview?
7: Advocates are, are pretty frustrated um, with the interview. Um, I saw on Twitter, for example, that Jillian Brandstetter, um, who works for the National Women's Law Center, pointed out that uh, nearly one in three trans people will experience homelessness in their lifetime. And so the comment about Caitlin Jenner, about her friend flying to another state because he was tired of seeing homeless people, was particularly um, insulting uh, to trans people. Um, and also just you know, she re, she doubled down on her um, comments that she doesn't support trans girls participating in sports without really explaining uh, why she flip-flopped on that position. Because as, as uh, recently as last year, she said the opposite, that she supported trans kids supporting or participating on teams that aligned with their gender identity. Um, so I think LGBTQ people were just really, you know, frustrated with that interview um, and just frustrated with the fact that she's trying to speak for the LGBTQ community.
5: Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Caitlyn on a women's golf league? I mean, it's just like, (laughs) because essentially saying that rhetoric, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but essentially echoing that very harmful rhetoric is saying, well, is implying that trans girls are not girls and trans women are not women. Yes, exactly.
7: It's, It's definitely really harmful. Terrible.
0: Yeah, it's it's really awful. And we have a couple of minutes here. I really wanted to close out. Can you talk, uh, tell us about the current appeal that is happening in Idaho, where they passed the law banning trans girls from competing on women's sports teams last year? What should we know about that current situation?
7: Yes. So um, the ACLU just uh, argued on Monday against uh, Idaho's trans athlete ban, and um, the uh, I listened live to the arguments, and from what I could tell, there was only one judge, um, Judge Kleinfeld, who seemed to really be pushing the ACLU hard on their arguments. And at one point, he asked, "You know, is this really a ban if uh, trans girls could still participate on the boys' team?" And Chase Strangio, the lawyer for the ACLU, was like, "Well, absolutely, because experts have told us that." you know, trans girls can't and shouldn't be participating on boys' teams because it would be terrible. It, it, would, it would disrupt their medical treatments. They, you know, would face more harassment and potentially violence um, and bullying from other students. So he really hammered home on the fact that, by forcing trans kids to participate on teams that they shouldn't be on, you're really violating what he said was the core of their being. Um, wow. So I think he really tried to highlight the humanity of, of trans kids to these judges. Um, and it's, it's pretty unclear as of right now, which way the judges are going to go because they also heard, you know, arguments from the conservative religious group, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, and so it's, it, it seems like they, they haven't really indicated um, what the outcome could be.
0: Well, Joe Kaba, uh, Joe, I appreciate you for always joining us. Uh, please keep up with all of your amazing reporting, uh, associate editor at NBC Out. Thank you so much again for joining us.
7: Thanks for having me.
0: Now, just because Los Angeles Pride is canceled doesn't mean because I'm vaccinated that I ain't trying to go to Pride. So what do we do? Are y'all comfortable yet? Well, let's talk about it. That's coming up
4: next. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
0: Okay, so let's talk about Pride season. Pride season is right around the corner. I know everyone, the gays, the queers, are all very excited to get out those flags. Um, but you know, it's gonna be interesting because I feel like all last year, the pa- the pandemic basically ruined Pride season. And it just was not fun. I mean, everything was virtual. We tried our best. It was cute. But I, I, I was over just sitting in my living room
5: so, oh, is my mic on? Sorry, I put on the they, mic. They also tried uh, masking Pride in um, All Black Lives Matter oh, uh, marches yes. and things. You know how they tried to do that in some of those harmful signs that oh, we saw, but that's I a different topic for a different day.
0: I hated that. <laughs> also, this is the voice of Sharjah Sale filling in for Shira Lazar, yes. uh, who was out for her birthday. Happy birthday, sis. Um, but no, seriously, I think Pride season last year was exhausting, now that you remind yeah. me about that. I. To be honest, I think I've completely blacked that out <laughs> of my memory. Yeah, some some <laughs> some
5: unsavory things going down.
0: But do you think we're going to be able to celebrate Pride this year in the way that we, we really want to experience it, right? Because are people going to be comfortable enough to go out in, in, in West Hollywood and, and crowd the streets and celebrate like we're used to?
5: If I'm in, if I'm being honest, no. Mm. At least for, for me. For one, I never liked crowds. Pre-pandemic, post I've never really cared for a crowd. Right. Only because my mind is always at like, you know, something sinister. Where do I run? Where do I hide? I mean this is the
0: exits in the street? No, this is still the US of A, okay? So it's like
5: where do you know, where do I duck and dodge? What car will I slide under should something happen? However, I know that I personally have no no Need no pull, no draw to really taking to the streets and being in a crowd of people, even outdoors. Yeah, Yeah. even outdoors. So see,
0: that's interesting because I'm like, I'm, I've never been to be quite honest, and I feel like listeners know this about me already. Like I'm never really a West Hollywood girl, anyway. Like I'm so fun to be honest. I was only going out to Pride because of Chucky. (laughs) <laughs> because we were working it, yeah, and we were like, "If you being a part of the parade." But before that, all my years living out here so far, I had never really been. I had never really went Why? out. Why? Because for me, it just was just like West Hollywood doesn't feel like it's for me. Fair. It doesn't feel like I feel seen. It doesn't feel like I am. You know incorporated in any of the the activities. And so I just never really connected to it. Fair. And so now being so placed in like queer culture as I am and Channel Q has really kind of made me more comfortable of like being in these spaces and kind of owning my power in these spaces. I'm like, I'm kind of excited for Pride this season. And I'm vaccinated, honey. I might, you know, do something strange in the corner of a West Hollywood corner. I'm (laughs)
5: vaccinated too, but Ryan, let's keep it a buck. I don't want to be your gray cloud on a sunny day. I know We are not out of the woods. With this pandemic, you're so right, okay, you're
0: so right, <laughs> it's, and it's so annoying still because it's just like we. Once you get vaccinated, it's like that light at the end of the tunnel oh, becomes yes. bigger, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my god, I'm almost at the finish line. Uh-huh. But it's just not happening. But let us know. I, I like to, you know, plug our our Instagram, our socials at LGT Show. Let us know. Keep the conversation going over there because I want to know: Are y'all excited for Pride this season? Are y'all ready to get the streets popping? You know, with your your outfits, your crop tops, your jock straps, whatever you're wearing nowadays i don't know we got more show coming up though because honey good news coming out of vermont because honey they are the 14th state to ban the gay and trans panic defense more info on that coming up next
4: let's go there with shira and ryan channel q all
0: right we are back you know What? Why am I? Oh, I'm hearing, sorry, I'm hearing Andy Cohen in my ear. We're preparing. Um, We got a lot of things happening. I was taking a nap in between the breaks. Uh, Yeah, I was listening to fun music, but I was trying to, you know, chill out for a little bit. You know, I just, I worked so hard. You better get up. The night is young. (laughs) It's a Friday. Everybody wants to go out to dinner after this, and I'm just like, can I just take a nap? I just want a nap. Um, But enough about me just rambling on. I want to tell you about a cool, fun, not fundraiser, but um, giveaway that we're doing. Channel Q has a trip for you, a round-trip airfare for two and an epic two-night stay at the Resorts World Las Vegas. Honey, you get to party with Tiesto. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com for your chance to win a trip to Las Vegas and two VIP passes to get some Vegas sun. So, I mean, honestly, what a moment. I don't understand why you haven't done it yet. You needed to get it together. I'm pretty sure... Any of the stories that we've also covered, by the way, are on Channel Q, on com. Mm-hmm. It can be your new destination of all things that you need. And you get to see my face more. Isn't that beautiful? Don't you think? <sighs> You're a little quiet over there.
5: Because the Leo is leo I know you all are probably sick of my novice astrology, but let me tell you something.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Well, coming up this hour, you know, we... Doctors are speaking out because they want a bigger role in this vaccination campaign. So can primary doctors actually be the key to vaccine hesitancy? We're going to dive into that. And then, of course, millions of jobs. We are one year into this pandemic, and millions of jobs are still missing. So what happens moving forward? We're going to figure it out. We got you. But now, let's get into what's trending this hour. Now, you know, one thing I love about this administration is Jen Psaki. You know, the, uh, the yes, White House president. the redhead, Abby. Absolutely incredible. I call her Abby
5: because of, you know, yeah, scandal. scandal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Jen Psaki and a reporter go- uh, went back and forth after questions about overlap between officials in President Obama and President Biden's administration. Here is the hilarious moment.
7: First, um... Given the number of former Obama administration officials that are now in this Biden administration and uh, the president's relatively light schedule, there's a growing perception that this is really just the third term of President Obama. What do you say to people who say that?
6: Who were saying that? Who's saying that?
7: You've heard that a lot in the media. Who <clears throat> in the media? Different people. Like, well, there was lots of questions uh, about when you had Japanese Prime Minister. You know,
0: Jin Saki is always ready for the Girl. mess ready for it. that? In. So that is uh, Newsmax. Uh, they are a super conservative uh, media outlet um, who is very, I mean, intensely pro-Trump and just intensely far-right. And so I, I sometimes feel like Jen Psaki loves putting some of these, you know, press people on the, uh, you know, on the spot. Well, well she has to because yeah. a lot of
5: the far-right um, that are in these press rooms are literally just looking for a sound bite to shove into their propaganda machine and feed out to their viewers. So yeah. if she doesn't give them that and if she holds their feet to the fire, there's really no way that they're going to be able to adequately prepare before they enter the White House press room.
0: No, it's actually hilarious. Um, But uh, moving on from that hilarious moment, um, Vermont. I want to tell you this. Vermont is the 14th state to ban the gay and trans panic defense that allowed defendants to justify murder by saying um, they were surprised to find out someone was LGBTQ. Um, While the argument was widely accepted nationwide, it has been increasingly shunned as a, a pitiful justification for murder. It had never been used in Vermont. So shout out to Vermont for making that a thing that can no longer happen. Yes, that is something, you
5: know, Who we have come so far as a society and as a nation, but we have so much further to go.
0: We sure do, but now we're wrapping out of What's Trending this hour, and guess what? It's time for the Tea Report.
5: Oh, yes, so... I was minding my business last night um, on the YouTube.
0: Okay, all right. And I
5: saw Phaedra Parks was being advertised to be on Watch What Happens Live, but it turns out that Phaedra wasn't the only one. So Watch What Happens Live, as we all know, is on Bravo. Andy Cohen hosts the show. And Beverly Hills housewife, well, former, he had a lot of former housewives on. So Taylor Armstrong, Orange County's Gretchen Rossi, New York's Jill Zarin, New Jersey's Jacqueline Lorita, I loved you. And Atlanta's Phaedra Parks. All appeared. Oh, and also Adriana De Mora from Miami Housewives, which was short-lived, but you know they're rebooting that for Uh, Peacock.
0: Peacock, yes, yes, yes. So
5: anyway, they got a chance to, uh, well, it was more so Gretchen Rossi from the OC who Mm -hmm. confronted Andy because Andy was saying mean things about her. You know, sometimes he he gets in on the joke with us viewers and he said mean things about her and he did not believe that the man that she was dating was really dating her and that they were just doing it for TV. Take a listen to what he had to say on the after show. Gretchen, oh my God! I don't know what this is going to be.
4: <laughs> Andy, you know me. I would. I have like a long. Life
0: I know and you I do.
4: Think I just one. I know. Um, but I think the thing that got me the most, like just between you and me, yeah. I always felt like we had a good relationship. Yes, I think the thing. That hurt me the most, okay. if I'm being quite honest, yep. was all of the girls on the show, you know, put out into the press or accused Slade and I of having a fake relationship. And that was really hard on me. And then when I saw you go on the season eight Sorry. uncensored episode, you go back and go, huh, maybe the girls were, you know, not right about
3: this. Well, clearly I was wrong, first of all. Second of all, um, I thought initially that I did at the beginning
1: think that Slade was possibly dating you like to be on the show or something. And I loved it. It, I, I was
3: like, this is like the greatest thing ever because now, I mean, I just thought it was crazy that he had dated two other housewives and.
0: You know, I feel the same exact way. To be quite honest, I don't even feel bad for him, even like saying something like that, like questioning Slade's.
5: Yeah, see, um, I'm not, I'm not an Orange County girl. They never I appealed it when to Gretchen me. Was on. But the fact that this man had dated two other housewives, yeah. I would have thought the same. Yeah. But this is something that this woman, her feelings were really hurt about this, and it turns out that she and this guy, I guess, are still together. They went on to have a child and everything. <laughs> it actually ended so up. So it turned out. out to be real. Yeah, for it's kind of
0: like if if I was to um, think about it to other celebrities, it was. Like Tori Spelling and her husband, it's kind of like that oh, dynamic Dean. where people were like, oh, "Why are you with him?"
5: Yeah, it's yeah, literally
0: yeah. that. Um, so yeah, I love that. Or K Fed
5: and Britney. Oh yeah, remember he was with Shar Jackson from Moesha first. Very he has true. a village of children. Let's
4: go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's
0: time for my favorite part, and of course, your favorite part. Yes, Queen. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, Yes Queen is all about. Oh, when you do that. Thank you. Uh, You know, Yes Queen is all about sprinkling in a little bit of good that's going to make your day. Well, this one is involving Crocs. Crocs is bringing back its free pair for healthcare uh, program, which recognizes and provides comfort to healthcare heroes who have been on fighting um, in the front lines. I mean, honestly, this is so great. On May 10th, the shoe brand known for its comfortable foam uh, clogs—I mean, they are ugly, but they are comfortable—is <laughs> kicking off National Nurses Week with plans to give away 10,000 pairs of Crocs at work shoes per day to frontline caregivers in the United States. How amazing is this i love it i love a give back program to people who have been
5: like nurses have really had quite the year and i think that's an understatement
0: oh no for sure um so starting at noon eastern the crocs website will begin accepting requests and um, basically, they're going to remain open until that day's uh, pay- free pair allot- uh, allotment is basically fulfilled. So if you go on the website and you are like number 644 waiting for your free pair of Crocs, guess what? They're going to remain open until everyone's order is fulfilled. Today, Crocs has donated over 860,000 pairs of shoes globally valued at $40 million to healthcare workers fighting the battle towards putting an end to COVID-19. I mean, what a beautiful situation. I love that. Yeah, but and I still deserve. hate Crocs. Crocs are still ugly. But they are
5: very comfortable. Are
0: they really? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most comfortable. Oh, uh, I give them a 9.
5: Wow. They're some really comfortable shoes. And they I see why nurses wear them with their scrubs.
0: Well, that makes sense. You know, nurses ain't worried about being cute. No, I mean, you can't. I don't even lives.
5: think they can't even have their nails done.
0: Yeah, but I've never seen Meredith Grey in a croc. Well, that's a TV <laughs> show, my friend.
5: It's true. and that's also Meredith Grey.
0: That's true. Well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, this uh, croc gets a big yes. And Meredith queen. isn't a nurse. I know she's a doctor, still surgeon, whatever. In a coma, though. If you've been watching, sorry. And that was our yes queen of the day. Yes, queen. Okay, so tomorrow we have a beautiful show coming up. Of course, Char is back with us, I mean, for another fun moment.
5: Oh, yes. Thank you for having
0: me. It's been good. Yeah, it's been really good. And also, we're discussing, have doctors had a big enough role in the vaccination campaign? Well, guess what? They may be the key to vaccine hesitancy, so... Stick around, buckle up. Tomorrow's show is going to be full of amazingness. Uh, but coming up, we got love line because Dr. Chris will be covering getting the sex you want. Girl, I need to listen and tune in. Bye, y'all.